Hello, everyone. You're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Are you in need of a tech service company that's going to deliver the best solutions for your business? Then Atronica is your solutions headquarters. Here we specialize in your individual needs to make sure your business shines. For more information, please call 301-417-0070 or visit us at our website at atronica.net. Atronica, where we deliver for you. He went without food, not to lose weight, but to help people lose generations of hate. While many around him rose up with violence, he sat down for peace. When others used religion as an excuse for war, he used it to remind them of love. Mahatma Gandhi made the world a far better place by reaching out with the strength he cultivated within his soul. So, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you. Regain strength, power, and peace. Hey, everybody, it's John DuParent from Project Forgive. How are you doing? You are in the right place for the highest level of conversation to feed your soul. American Meditating with Sister Jenna. Stay with us.
Welcome, everyone, to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was our wonderful, beautiful friend, Snatam Koraramda, said she has the voice of an angel, and I think you will agree with that. There's just no one that I've really met with such an innocent sense of spirit. And even when she came to Washington, D.C., we participated in her concert and just had a wonderful time. We're glad that you could join us. You have so many choices to make when you go online to decide what you wish to listen to, what you wish to participate in. And I'm so glad that you choose the America Meditating Radio. Here we are two years later, syndicated with over 800,000 listeners. We can be heard from India to Europe to our own backyards in America all over. And I'm amazed. And one of the things that I think has made this such a profound conversation on air is that we bring it in a very genuine way. We're very authentic, very simple. We're not creating a lot of pomp and splendor to tune into a part of you that we need to manipulate or get to. We're really coming from a place of truth. My own journey with you, your journey with me, and all the incredible guests that are so trusting to share with us what they have been through and how their stories have unfolded. And so with that said, I'd like to take us into what we do best here on the America Meditating Radio, and that is to reflect, be a little bit more mindful, to be aware of who we are and why we're showing up every day in our professions, in our families, in our city, in our towns, in our world. Stay tuned. We're going to have Congressman Tim Ryan on to have a heart-to-heart conversation with what makes him lead with so much spirit. And before I get Congressman Ryan on the line, let's go into my most beautiful meditation, and that is to let go and really let in. Take a deep breath. Relax. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go 
and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Supreme Soul would think of you, and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free Peaceful, pure, immortal, and eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. Welcome back. That was Letting Go from Off the Grid into the Heart by yours truly, one of my favorite tracks from that CD. Well, the American Meditating Radio is very proud to welcome Congressman Tim Ryan. He's a relentless advocate for working families in Ohio's 13th District. Congressman was first elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2002 and was sworn in on January 7, 2003, successfully re-elected six times and is now serving his seventh term. 
He serves as member of the powerful House Appropriations Committee, which controls the expenditure of the money by the federal government, the House Budget Committee, and serves as co-chairman of the Congressional Manufacturing Caucus. Congressman Ryan remains a leader in the fight to strengthen America's manufacturing base and reform U.S. trade policies. But more than that, I know him as a leader who is conscious, aware. Not only do I find Congressman Tim Ryan to be awakened, but I've also been observing his track and his step to remain awakened and to bring everyone else with him. And today, we proudly welcome Congressman Tim Ryan to the America Meditating Radio. Hello, my brother. Welcome. Great to be with you. Same here. Thank you so much for joining us on the air. I know it's been quite an interesting season for us around here. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's been very interesting. But I'm, I'm, great, I'm very grateful to be with you. Thank you. All right. So, Congressman Ryan, you have served in the U.S. House of Representatives for 13 years. In Indian culture, in Hindi, 13 is pronounced as tera. And tera means to give, to offer, to be in service. Now, I know in the West, 13 is sometimes an inauspicious number. But do tell me it's been an incredible year for you. And you've been doing a lot of work in those 13 years. But how has it been for you up to this point? when you really defined your work in service? Well, I can honestly say that it's more clarity has developed every, with every passing day, week, month, year as to, you know, what my own purpose is, you know, where God has put me in my life and what I'm supposed to do with the position that I'm in. And, right. you know, obviously the the meditation and kind of raising your own awareness and trying to bring that to institutions in the United States that, that really need innovated and I think having their own awareness level raised, that mission for me has become more and more clear and I think it's really trying to get to, and I'm trying to get to, and this movement is trying to get to really the, the fundamental shift that needs to happen and that starts with each and every human being shifting themselves, raising their own awareness becoming clearer with what their purpose is here. It's been quite a journey, but if I look back, as you said, 13 years or so, um, if I look back as to why I got started, why I came in, and to where I am today, there's been a significant shift in my own focus, and I think it really is the direction that the country needs to go in, health, wellness, mental clarity, kind of emotional regulation, you know, and being able to really be your best and let your best come through without getting in the way. That's how we're going to unleash all the talent in the country. That's how we're going to unleash the the most creativity in the country and the world is if we teach people these techniques and approaches that really can unleash their own potential. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, coming from two dimensions, from the East and the West, I go to India, it's about maybe 40 times now that I go back and forth to India to visit, and I'm looking at their practice or form of spirituality changing, and they seem to be moving more into wishing to live a more of a, I wouldn't say a westernized lifestyle, but a more flamboyant or a more extroverted lifestyle. And they're moving further away from their heritage of their mysticism. And I come back home here, and I'm hearing conversations like the one that you just mentioned. I'm seeing a a huge interest in wanting us to add to our country's story a deeper content of character, a deeper sense of presence, making decisions from a place of 
being in an authentic place. Now, you are in a place where the world will not really believe that there'd be somebody there who's saying, I want us to think and lead this nation from a more mindful place. Has it been easy for you on the Hill participating in that sort of a languaging, or has there been challenges? Well, the challenge is awareness. I mean, people, many people kind of know about, you know, mindfulness or meditation or yoga or, you know, these different practices, TM, centering prayer, even and many of the members of Congress are Catholic or Christian, and they aren't really aware of even the Christian-based meditations that are out there. So to me, it's really an education campaign and it's about leading, hopefully, by example. We do a couple times a week one session with members of Congress where we call it the Quiet Time Caucus. We have different caucuses where members get together around a certain issue. So it can be an issue like, you know, Azerbaijan, or it can be an issue like rock and roll or mental health. <laughs> form a caucus where people have that as an interest. So we started the Quiet Time Caucus, and that Beautiful. is once a week where we get together and we just carve out space. And you can come in there, practice really whatever meditation or prayer you want to, but the space is there, and the only rule is you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> so so you can do whatever, whatever your own religion brings to you or whatever. And then once a week, we do that with staff members, too. That's really the one that that has a lot of energy behind it. There's 20, 30, 40 staff members there uh, every week. We've had upwards of 80 or 90 at, at a certain session when Deepak Chopra came in, for example. So it's about creating the space for people to explore this side of themselves. And as you said, you know, we're, we're always in this constant battle of extrovert, introvert, exterior, mm-hmm. interior. And, and I think we are way out on the kind of the extrovert front in the United States with social media and the television stations and the 24-hour news cycle and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of this. And it does become more of, I am what other people think I am. I am what other people see on Facebook. I am what other people think they see on my Facebook page, as opposed to, I am what's inside of me, and I'm going to bring that forth and show that to the world. And you know, I'm up for constructive criticism, but I know what my interior is telling me. I know what my spirit's telling me. I know what I am as a human being, and my job is to bring that forth. So really creating the space for people to do it, but then also implement policies in education or with our returning veterans who have been very traumatized by a lot of the post-traumatic stress issues that they are dealing with, but also in our healthcare system. Like, as you, stress can be a very big barrier to letting that out because you you get so caught up in what other people think of you. It becomes very stressful, and then your body reacts to that stress, and you become unhealthy, and then you become deluded as to what really is going on inside. So whether it's social and emotional learning that we teach in the in the schools that can teach kids how to keep their stress levels down, regulate their own emotional state, handle conflict in a better way, or if it's in the healthcare system where we're saying mindfulness-based stress reduction or healthy food or these other things can help you really have some clarity but also touch what is inside of you and so you can bring that forth. So whether it's what we're doing in Congress for members of Congress and staff on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., or 
what we're trying to push as far as policies so that we can begin to create a culture where there's an appreciation for taking that time. And I noticed in, in India where the prime minister is really pushing yoga uh, oh, yeah, throughout the country, right. which I think is a beautiful kind of reconnection to the history of yoga and how rich and deep the culture is in India, but also helping people who are trying to move into the modern-day society or really pushing Western values into that country, saying, okay, Western values are great, but let's do it in a way that doesn't disconnect us from our own rich heritage here in India. And I think, mm. I think that's the beautiful thing that's, that's, tr- that's happening, hopefully happening uh, in India. You know, Congressman, you've just touched on so many powerful points which could actually take us in a conversation of many parts and many series because not only do you have a space or the Quiet Caucus has been designed where people from all different faiths can come together from the hill and just reflect and be in peace with their own conscience, it brings me to realizing how many prophets historically, seers, saints, mystics, have always meditated. And what I mean by that is have paused for a moment of peace and reflected and thought deeply about what was the best decision because it was a bigger picture, it was bigger than themselves. And when I look at meditation, I look at somebody who cares for the bigger picture, not just only for themselves. And when you take care of the bigger picture, you actually take care of yourself. And then you went on to just sharing about when you're so stressed out and you can't manage the, the, the health issues that it, it entails. And then the emotional stress and all the things that factor into why we sometimes become so ineffective is because our minds are not clear. If you could change anything in the way the government functions in the U.S. today, what would you change? Because here you've got Prime Minister Modi who feels that his own nation is moving away from the power of its mystical approach or its roots, which is yoga and, and spirituality. And he steps up to the podium of the world, Congressman Ryan. He got 190 countries to begin to move the awareness of this practice in the world. Whether somebody knew what it was or not, I'm talking to you as a leader at this time. What would you change in the way the government of our country functions? Well, it would be to focus on, I think, the fundamentals. And, you know, we we talk a lot about in education in America about the common core. And mm-hmm. there's a big debate going on now with the presidential election is, are we for the common core? Are we against the common core? And what is the <laughs> common core? And really, it, it is a focus on, you know, skills that have to do with academic achievement and hopefully preparing people for the job market. But I believe that if, if there was one thing that I could change, and that, that would be hopefully change the understanding of what the common core means, not just in education, but in our lives. And that to me would mean, you know, how do we understand who we are as human, take time every day to pay attention to the conversation that's going on in our own heads. You know, I heard someone Mm. say a couple weeks ago that the most important conversation you have is the conversation you have with yourself. And sometimes that that could be a conference call with multiple people on it. (laughs) And, 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 uh, And so that you know, to, but to take time and say, okay, if I don't slow down and really understand how my mind is working right now, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to shift what my intentions are because I'm working out of habitual behaviors. 
and thought patterns that just keep going because I've never taken the time to see exactly what they are. So to me, the common core that should be taught mm. in schools, in medical schools, and health schools, colleges of health, and colleges of education where our t- future teachers are learning about this is really to say, no, the common core is understanding who you are as a human being, understanding your thought patterns, your habits, your behaviors, and why they are what they are. And once you develop some clarity on that, then you can really have an intention. If your intention is one thing, but the signals get crossed because of the habitual thinking, the kind of neurotic thinking that happens all the time, Mm -hmm. your intention never can penetrate through all that. But if you can figure out how to calm your mind down, and then have your intention move outward into the world from deep inside of you without that obstruction, that stress, that negativity, then you begin to say, okay, here's what my life's purpose is. Here's what I'm here for. I am more connected to others because the the signal's not getting crossed with my stress and my negative thinking and all the rest. So you become more deeply connected to others. That to me is the common core. And and mm-hmm. if you teach human beings how that practice, that skill set is really fundamental to, okay, do I want to be an engineer and serve the world in that way? Do I want to be a doctor and serve the world in that way? Do I want to be a teacher and serve the world in that way? That is now clearer because you're coming from a deeper place. And then you get kids on a track that they are inspired by, that they want to move down. And so we don't have to convince you to go be an engineer. We don't have to convince you to go into professions. You're going to want to. And, I mean, who's, who's a better student than someone that's really motivated and inspired? There aren't any better students, you know. Everyone's smart. And the key for us is get them on a track that they want to be on. This is so true and poignant because there's a saying I came across the other day, and it basically said, if you keep chasing after profits, you'll forget your purpose, but just keep living your purpose and your profits will come. And, you know, it's a very deep saying because we're in a country that's constantly promoting capitalism and this financial abundance, and we're losing perhaps sight of what's at the core of our inner being. You've been talking a lot about the youths and the children of today because in my conversations with many, a lot of folks are giving up on the adults of this generation because they're saying they're not changing. So now we got to go back to the schools. And last year you introduced the Salad Bars and School Expansion Act. And I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about it and how can they begin to participate in making that law become more expansive or the awareness of that to become more expansive. Well, I'm, I'm glad, really glad you brought that up. You know, I, I wrote a book um, several years back called A Mindful Nation. And that Mm -hmm. was really about the practice of mindfulness and and how it it kind of gets you to the place that we've already talked about and that how it could really innovate our institutions by reducing stress, improving performance, and really help us capture the American spirit that can lead to your creativity and you getting on a path and how we can implement that in education, in our defense department, in in our veterans department, and in our healthcare. As I went through that process, I did a lot of research on stress and its effects on the body, but that was just half the story. The other half of the story was really nutrition, diet, and what we're putting into our bodies. So uh, I wrote another book called The Real Food Revolution that kind of expounded on our policies in the United States 
and how we really have uh, promoted and incentivized and subsidized, which means the government gives money to farmers to grow certain crops. And many of those crops now have been used, whether it's wheat, soy, um, uh, or, or corn, for example. Those crops don't even, we don't even eat them. They get just shipped to processing centers where they get converted into really highly processed food. And over the last 20, 30 years or so, that highly processed food is really starting to take an effect on our bodies. And so we're seeing very high rates of diabetes, very high rates of obesity, very high rates of um, high blood pressure and heart disease and inflammation all throughout our body, which leads to all of these problems. And so we need a shift. In, in, and again, we've gotten disconnected from our cultural roots of where my grandparents had a garden, so we would know what was for Sunday dinner because of what my grandmother picked out of the garden. That connection to the earth and, and, and our food, we've lost that because agriculture yeah. has gone to more mega farms and and we all go to fast food joints and restaurants and eat. So what the salad bar bill is, is how do we create money for school districts to begin to promote salad bars in their schools and be able to buy salad bars and then locally source the food from local farmers in order for them to have fresh fruits and vegetables easily accessible in our schools so that kids begin to recognize that this is the way to eat. I'm not a prude. I cheat. I like ice cream. You know, I'll drink a glass of wine. I'm not, I'm not a prude, but I will say I do know that if we are going to have an educational revolution in the country, if we're going to have an economic revolution in the country, it's going to start with the diets of everyday Americans. You can't have people mm. with diabetes, high blood sugar, taking insulin, they're not at their best. They're not functioning at their best. So the salad bar is a small step in which, you know, your folks can, your listeners can call their local congressperson and tell them to get on the salad bar bill sponsored by Congressman Tim Ryan from Ohio and help us push this issue. Because while it's not a huge issue, I do think it begins to change the awareness and the trajectory Absolutely. of what we're trying to do with a broader food, nutrition, diet, mental health message, which, as I said, I think these two issues really are the common core. Congressman Ryan, it is a huge issue. There's a saying, as is the food, so is the mind. And I'm not going to go into a meat-eating conversation because that's a whole different conversation. But I do completely agree with you that if you're putting in food in your system that has been violated and has been destroyed and has had a lot of anger and greed and profit and fear in it, over a period of time, your mind will automatically begin to adjust to think that way. And so the salad bar is what I'm going to promise you on the radio show. We're going to be playing a promo of that as much as possible over and over again until we can get that out there because it's very, very important. One of our little students, he was 10 years old, and he came to me and he said, Sister Jenna, I hate going to school. I said, why? They don't serve vegetarian there, and I don't want to eat the meat. Do you know he went to his principal and he told his principal, I don't want to come back to this school because there's nothing here for me. I need food that's vegetarian. And did you know that his principal wow. started to put a salad, a salad offering 
in the lunchroom just because of his voice. He was 10 years old. So I think we need to get young kids like him who have real-time experience of how he remembered going to school and didn't have anything to eat and took it to the principal. And the principal was wise enough to say, I don't want to lose you. We're going to put salad or vegetable in the school from now on. Wow. Good wow, story, that's right? great. That's right. exactly what the hope is. For me, you know, if you if you look at just in the United States, there are different analysis uh, out there that say there's 20, 30, maybe 50 million people in a, in the United States, a country of 313 million people. But that 50 million people are into what they call conscious creatives. So they're oh, yes. they're into healthy food, they're into meditation, they're into yoga, they're into prayer, they're into some kind of meditation, um, mm-hmm. and they're they're interested in the creative aspect of our society, the arts and music and everything else. So there's a group, a a solid group of people in the country that are really into this. And if we can do what you were saying you want to do with the salad bar, if we could somehow organize this group, you're talking about transforming the country. If these people are registered to vote, if they get involved in local elections, if they run for office, if they support legislation like the salad bar bill or social and emotional learning in the schools, and they lobby, they get organized in their congressional district or city or town, wherever they live, and they push their legislators, make them aware of these issues, how important it is if we want to bring down long-term health care costs, that we need to start focusing on prevention, diet, nutrition. That's the only way you bend the cost curve in the long run. And I think this goes beyond Democrat and Republican, because if you're a Democrat, you may be for these issues for one reason or another. We want to take care of each other, a more communal approach. If you're uh, maybe a conservative, you want, you're worried about the deficit and the debt in the long term for the country. Well, that debt and deficit's not going to get fixed if we don't bend the cost curve on health care, and you're not going to bend the cost curve on health care unless people start eating well and getting their own energy levels up, and that means making sure that food is available, accessible, and affordable for them, and that means shifting, shifting those subsidies, farmers who are growing these other crops, to local foods, produce, fruits, vegetables, and we're going to still pay the farmer. We don't want the farmer to be hurt in the process. The farmer's not the problem. The policies are the problem. So if we shift that money, farmers, I think, would be more than happy to say, well, I'll take a couple hundred acres of my 1,000-acre farm, and I'll grow you know, fresh tomatoes or fresh fruits and vegetables that I'll ship to local schools and local universities and prisons. And you slowly begin to create a market for the farmer to sell it if the prison, the schools, and the universities are all saying, we're going to spend more of our food budget, which is, you know, millions and millions of dollars, on locally sourced fresh produce, for example. Then the farmer gets paid to grow it, they have a market that's created. Kids get healthier food. Over time, you get healthier kids, healthier citizens. You mm-hmm. bend the cost curve down. Then you free up more money for roads, bridges, college tuition costs to bring those down, investments in the research and development and growing the economy and renewable energy and green energy and all <laughs> the things that are going to be important. You'll free up money to make those investments. So that's what I say from the very beginning. Like I've developed a lot of clarity over these 13 years as to, you know, what are the pressure points? What are the what are the issues that will change the trajectory of the country, the country's budget, the country's health, the country's economic situation? And it for me over the 
last few years especially, it's come down to making sure that these human beings have an opportunity to reach their full potential, have mental health, have mental clarity, have access to good, healthy food, and then the human beings will take care of themselves. If they feel connected, they feel clear, they feel healthy, everything will be fine. You don't need a lot of government at that point. You know, they'll take care of themselves, they'll take care of each other, and they'll create an economy that works for everybody, and and I feel like they'll take care of each other and make those kind of decisions. So your 800,000 listeners could be very impactful in helping to make this shift by saying, you know, I don't like politics, it seems like it's dark, it seems like it's kind of everything that I don't like, but, you know, sitting on the cushion or on your yoga mat, you know, and you want to be in touch with or communing with all the world, all of the universe, you know, that includes the dark sides too sometimes, and the dark side needs a little light, (laughs) and so instead of saying, I'm going to go hide in the corner and pull the sheets over my head and I get out of bed in the morning, you need to say, I'm going to bring my light into this process, and that's ultimately how we make the change. And that was so beautifully and clearly said. And I have to tell you, Congressman Ryan, we love politics here. (laughs) And the reason why we love it is because change will happen from both dimensions. It won't happen just in one way. And our listeners are very active, and um, I don't think we're just going to be sitting on the mat for your salad bars in the School Expansion Act. We're going to be on the floor and moving around, and I'm really serious about this. I will definitely be participating in getting this out there because I know how powerful it is to have a mind that's clean and clear. And when folks make a decision from that place, change is inevitable. And this country, it has the strength and the capacity to move towards that genre. And I think it's about time. I want to thank you so, so much for your 13 years of service to humanity, but a lifetime of searching and finding and continuing to be curious about what more is there to understand and learn. You're going to have to come to the Meditation Museum and talk to our youths about some of these things. I think it will be really important. And before I let you go, leave us with a life quote that we can be inspired by for the rest of the day and a website where we could just, you know, contribute to Congressman Ryan's work in the nation as well as the world. And please come back again when you've got a really important issue that we want to get to the cultural creatives who really feel that transformation is essential at this time. And we've got an army of us. It's, we're 50 million and growing very strong. So let's see what we can do from here. Thank you so much for being with us. So give us a life quote, a website, and tell me when you're coming to the museum. <laughs> well, the, the website is uh, timryanforcongress.com, um, and you can uh, get on that website, follow what we're doing politically. If you're interested in the governmental side, it's uh, timryan.gov, and you know that's where our legislative side is. We've got to keep things very separate in Congress, so you know those are the two ways to get a hold of us. And we will get you the information, too, about the salad bar because I believe we have a petition going, and we would love to have your folks sign the petition for us and allow us to kind of build the movement out, uh, you know, through getting connected with other people who are like-minded, whether they're Democrats or Republicans or Libertarians Absolutely. or whatever, you know, whatever their thing is. And, you know, the life quote, I guess, is, you know, be the change, you know, Beautiful. and it keeps coming back to me, be the change you want to see in the world. And mm-hmm. to me, that that's it. And, you know, I have a little 18-month-year-old son at home, and when he repeats something that I say, I, I really realize that 
I got to be the role model all the time, you know, because he mm. will repeat what I say. And that's just a small example of the world. People will model your behavior. And, and so being the change is, is something that uh, keeps me inspired. Congressman Tim Ryan, thank you so very much and all the very best. And thanks for being the change. Thank you, sister. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. So what a hopeful conversation that was. You can be on the Hill and you can still be a member in which you're saying, I still want to be mindful. I want to hold my position of power. I want to be able to contribute something more mind-raising to our nation as well as run the country. So my friends, we can do both. And I really want to um, learn more about the Salad Bar Initiative and law that's coming into process. And we're going to keep you posted on that. We just had a wonderful conversation with Congressman Tim Ryan. Please do Google him, support some of the work that he's doing, and look forward to some of his reading. Before we go, we want to get the amazing Sister Gita, because the show just wouldn't be complete without one of her special readings taking us into a zone of more enlightenment on the America Meditating Radio. Sister Gita? Good day, and um, I like that word very much, in the zone. I am taking from Daddy Janke's book, Companion of God, the topic on integrity. Anybody who wants to be instrumental in serving the world needs to know how to work with integrity. Integrity elevates character and brings internal power. It reveals a pure attitude. Those with integrity maintain great humility even whilst holding positions of high status and commanding a lot of respect. They do not alter their character or virtues according to whom they're with. They have pride in themselves. They are who they are. Integrity over a long period of time makes the soul powerful. The intellect is clear and does not mix truth with falsehood. A person with integrity is able to reveal truth through words spoken with wisdom. They never feel the need to prove Truth, truth does not need to be proven. Because a clear conscience is the reward of such honesty, a person with integrity considers the consequences of every action and is never drawn mindlessly into anything. To behave in a lesser way is to deceive yourself and to deceive others. Let me invoke my integrity. Om Shanti. Have a great, great day. Thank you so much, Sister Gita. And with that, we end today's conversation. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. I'd like to end today's discussion by Kristen Hoffman, Love and Gratitude, because gratitude is one of the highest levels of energy that we can function from. Take care, everyone. Have a remarkable day.